Back in the 70s, board games and improv theater had a baby, and it was called the role-playing game. These games allowed a generation of kids to live out their dreams of slaying dragons and saving kingdoms, all while sitting in their bedrooms and basements. Today, gaming has moved into the cultural mainstream, and role-playing games are back with a vengeance. Join us now as five of these former kids come out of the basement and onto the internet to experience adventure, mystery, and obscure pop culture references. It's time for Roll for Combat. Hey everyone, welcome to Roll for Combat. I'm your GM and host, Stephen Glicker. And in this week's show, we got quite a bit of stuff. We have part two of our interview with Order of the Amber Die. We have instructions on how to enter the PaizoCon contest where you can go for free. I give out a GMPC tip this week on why you should always use encumbrance and weight in your role-playing game, and what are the advantages and disadvantages. And finally, we announced the brand new Starfinder Society podcast right here on Roll for Combat. In fact, it launched yesterday, a sneak preview launch. Well, not really a sneak preview, more like a sneak attack launch, where it came out of nowhere. But that's right, we have the very first episode up right now. All you need to do is, well, go to this podcast and you too will see it. You could also go to the website and see it there. There's lots of ways to see it. So after two weeks of shopping and packing and endless talking and investigation, it's time for our boys to finally go out into the wild, into the jungle, where they will, well, let's see what happens. Will they survive? Will they die horribly? Will we have to roll up new characters? Will I have to buy lots of new artwork? Find out now on Roll for Combat. So last time you guys managed to go through the Elfgate portal, you're now halfway across the world. It's literally 12 hours, either earlier or later, depending how you look at it, at Castrovel, in the middle of the jungle at Ukulam, at a dilapidated fort, where you are ready to go chase after your prey and rescue the poor professor who was taken away. And you guys, I think, are finally ready to go. Are you sick and tired of just talking and talking and doing more talking? I charge the enemy. Bob Marquis is playing the human envoy, Rusty Carter. (laughs) I would say yes, except I have a feeling I'll be regretting that answer in a half hour. Jason McDonald is playing the Ahsoki mechanic, Tuttle Blacktail, and his drone, Cheddar. All right. Well, if you are ready to go... Your contact at the fort will gladly take you as far as he can because vehicles are not allowed in the protected area. So he can take you a bit of the way, but then we'll have to drop you off and you'll go on foot. Sounds good. All right. So you guys go to the vehicles. You guys, they're like sort of ATV type vehicles and you guys all kind of clamor in. You have all your gear. They start driving, and it looks like, you know, they're going along. Sure enough, the train is extremely rough. No roads, no nothing. It's all wildlife. The area that you're in appears to be grass. 
The grass ranges from three to eight feet tall. It's very difficult to really see past the grass at many points. There also appears to be a large amount of fungi and fungus around the area. Sort of the fungal spores that are scattered. You also hear lots of wildlife and sounds of the jungle. It's actually fairly noisy because it is, well, it's a jungle. And you go for about ten minutes and looks like you're a good ten miles or so from the fort. And they inform you that this is it. This is as far as they can bring you. You are now on your own. Uh, Mo is going to tell them we can't stop here. This is monkey bat country. We have to keep going. John Stats is playing the Vesk soldier, Mo Dupinski. Yeah, we, I don't. I like to stay on the vehicle. Never get off the vehicle. Chris Beamer is playing the Lashunta operative, Hiroji. Yeah, we like the vehicle. By the way, my my weapon is ready. I, I a melee weapon's not going to do me very much uh, good in a vehicle. Uh, are, are they open to uh, further? Like, did first of all, how far did we go? Like, we have a ten day journey to the the the, uh, the destination, correct? Yes. By, by the map, you okay. have approximately 120 miles through a trackless expanse of subtropical forest. Okay, and how far did we go on vehicle? Uh, about 10 miles, but okay. vehicles are banned. They can't go any further than this. Right. And in fact, they show you, they drive the vehicle just a few feet, and it stops because it's chipped. Nothing works past the perimeter. Oh, I oh, see. It's, <laughs> it's, like the sh- it's like the shopping cart yeah, at say, uh, yeah. Target. The driver has like a, a collar that gives him electrical shocks when he uh, goes too far. He says, no, you're not the first one to try to do what you look like you were about to do. The vehicles won't work even if you try. Did they take the other party uh, with vehicles? Yes. Okay, so we didn't gain any on them. Uh by riding not. with him. Um, all right, so oh boy. Um, yeah, let's disembark and let's let's huff it. We knew we yeah. had to do this. I guess there's a lot of red tape in the bush. There's no way to get any further on vehicle, so you know, on foot. It's environmentally protected. Yeah, and in fact, now that you're sort of out of the vehicles and out of the air conditioning, it's uh, it's hot. It's it's really muggy. It's hot. The days are long. It's over 90 degrees, and you guys definitely need to turn on your suit protection if you want to continue to not take any heat exhaustion damage. All right. That's going to definitely happen. However, um, is is heat exhaustion, is that a check that can be done? Survival doesn't have anything to do with that. That's it a is a fortitude save. It is a DC for your t- all tense and purposes. It's a DC 19 and then increases by one every hour on the hour. And if you don't succeed at the check, you take 1d4 non-lethal fire damage. Okay. Um, That's every day? Every day. And it's hot for about 12 hours a day. All right. And, and we have battery life uh, in the suits for how long? You have the uh, length uh, of the the amount of days based on the level of the suit. So all oh, of you okay. have level five suits, except for right. Rusty was a level four suit. So we have about ten days worth of cooling, and then we're fine. 
Yeah, basically yeah. all of you have 10 days worth, except Rusty was eight days. Actually, Mo has uh, two suits here, so <laughs> he's got uh, double that. The, 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 they gave us Lashinta Ringwear 2, and uh, so I got an extra you pair of armor. You have days. Cheddar. Yeah. All right, so Mo's fact, fine. You're, yeah, you're going to sleep with the air conditioning on. You're like, I'm just going to sleep with it on at night. <laughs> yeah. Well, at night, at night, our tent has that, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, that's... your tent has air conditioning. Yeah, so, okay, so we're good. Yeah, we're turning. Everything goes on. And this is rough country, so uh, Mo does not mind going first if we're set in order. Uh, he'll be able to scout, too, because uh, this is his uh, kind of territory. Oh, you're in front, in case that was unclear. Yep. Oh, I can't wait for contact. I've just been looking forward to getting back here. I some. Yeah. Although that's all bullshit because Mo is a, a city. He's a city boy. He's he's trying to he's trying to pass off that uh, this is like the uh, the Pine Barrens, the uh, Sopranos episode yeah. <laughs> where they're out <laughs> in, in nice shoes and slacks out in the Pine Barrens in New Jersey. Yep. I don't know. I'm thinking of the old children's story of the city vesk visiting the country vesk and every other race made fun of them. <laughs> yeah. So in this area, you are in what I said, tall grass. You can see about 90 feet. After that, it's just grass. So it's it's only really about 90 feet in any direction. As for where you're going and how you're going to get there, well, there's a couple of ways you can do this. First of all, you have all the books and the notes from Zan, which will definitely be helpful when you're doing your orientation, and they actually will give you a small bonus when doing your checks. As for following the group that you're chasing, there's two ways to do this. You can either follow them directly, and it's an easier check, but you go much slower. Only go about nine miles a day if you're going to do that type of check because you sit there and like make sure you're following their tracks it shouldn't be too hard since there's 15 of them and they're carrying heavy equipment if you don't want to do that you can just take a regular check which is going to be much tougher and that's survival though all these checks are survival checks and that's just using intuition in the notes and if you succeeded that you'll go 12 miles however if you fail on these checks you only go you get lost turned around you have to sort of backtrack and you only go six to four miles do we know what the dc is the dc i will let you know the dc if you're following them and you only can do nine miles a day is about a 12 if oh, you're going to do 12 miles a day that's an 18 um we've got a lot of people who have survival and who could could aid on these uh, checks. I'm inclined to risk. When you say six miles, you mean six miles in the correct direction. You don't mean in the wrong direction, correct? Right. In the in other words, you go maybe partially the wrong way. You retract. You know, yeah. Basically, the aggregate vector is going to what we're going. Okay. If you do it on your own, you go 12 miles. If you follow okay. them, you do my, nine miles. If you fail, you can go six to four miles in one day, and you fall behind. Uh. I've got survival. Who? Uh, What's your survival level? What's your plus? It's 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 minor. You're you're the best survivalist. So I, well, I what, what is it? Because you need to get a ten to be able to assist. Um, I'm also gonna rule 
this is an all-day check and they do it a little differently. If you assist and you fail, that can go against the check. A minus two. Uh, yes. I don't have any pluses. My survival is just plus zero. So you're not even ranked in it. Uh, no, I don't think so. Let me check just to make sure. Does anyone else have survival? Rusty has to have survival. You'd think so, but actually I don't. No. Wow. That's uh, I see what I've been hearing for all this time is that we have a mighty native hunter, Hiroji, who is exceptional among his people among hunting in this continent. So I figured I never needed to actually bother to worry about. It. And you are absolutely right. Yeah, you know what? Uh that was a correct assumption. I'm a 50-50. <laughs> I'm I'm literally 50-50 for Yeah, you 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 you're not you know you you know how. Like when you said you I had put, survival, I, you actually don't. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I put a I put a rank into it, so I'm plus three, but nothing special. I mean, if we go the safe route, it's a DC what you said twelve. Uh, twelve. 12. That's that's. So I need so... to hit a five. I need to hit a five. Well, what's uh, way loss is uh, way loss out of the uh, he he probably has a high intelligence, so he probably studied. Uh, yeah, survival doesn't strike me as a, a skill of his. Ah, uh, Waylos comes up. He goes, <laughs> "Well, uh, I'm I'm really really good at piloting, and I have some acrobatics and athletics." And he like shows off his muscles, and uh, and I can see real well. And he like sort of looks around. He goes, "But survival, uh, mm, I'm more of a city folk." Uh, how are you at ironing? Because at the end of each day, I'm going to need you to iron my clothes. Iron oh, no problem with that. I have a plus three in a houseware in skill. Good, good. That's it's the hard only, to keep the, only the thing starch dry in the jungle. Oh, no, no. I just, you know, use urine. <laughs> so, I don't know. I'm reluctant to do the 50-50 roll an 11 to get lost check. I think we'd be better off doing the safe way. Cause we just don't, it's, not, it's too risky. We're going to fail. Well, the safe way is I mean, we probably can... the same distance, though. It's the same penalty. You know what I'm saying? No. Well, the safe way is easier, but you only go nine miles because... It takes you a while to sort of find their trail, make sure you're going the right way. You go slower. If you just go on your own, you go faster, but it's much easier to get lost because you're just you're you're literally in a jungle, just using your notes and your your survival instincts. Oh, so the safe way is there's no way to fail the safe way. No, no, no you can is. fail the I, safe way. Still, there is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If I have a plus seven, so I got to hit a twelve. Oh, dude, plus seven is yeah. Well, I mean. That's a one, two, three, or four is a failure. If we do it the other way, a one through a, a, a ten is a failure. Yeah. The way this is done, by the way, just so you can plan, they abstracted this. Every day you just make this one check, as opposed to, say, how like Pathfinder used to do. You would do a lot Hourly checks. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So okay. it's, all, it's all or nothing, and um, because this is going to go on for a while. Right. So they just made it all or nothing. How many miles do we have to go? Well, I, I'm not making the roll, so I think it should be Hiroji's decision. 120. Chris, uh, your call. You're the one making the roll. You're the one we blame if it goes right. wrong. Are you, and you're, taking, you. you're, you're, holding, uh, you're holding bad assist rolls, even from trained people as a, against us? I'm going to do a little bit of a negative, only because it could be like the bad assists could also say, oh, I'm going the wrong way. Or they, so that's a he gives you roll. bad information. Because then it's not, there's no point. I'm not going to risk that. Cause, I mean, All right. You know what? Because you guys are so pathetic, I won't do that. How about that? Unless, but I mean, you can say that no one who's not doesn't have a point in it can't assist or something. I'm going to say that. I'm going to say that you have to have at least a point in it because this is hard jungle. But I will also say if you get a one, then there is a negative. 
How about that? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I agree with that. All right. So, you know what? Fortune favors the bold on day one. Let's go the fast way. And Tuttle, if you could assist me, since you have the only one of these people. Who's <laughs> <laughs> never I, been I, out, out I, of the I, city I, ever. My character is wearing a fedora. <laughs> I mean, you're, I'm, I'm going to sure. carve fortune favors the bold on a piece of wood so that when they find it next to our bodies, they'll uh, <laughs> they'll, 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 they'll realize what happened. Yes. That'll be on our tombstone. Sure. You know, from jungle for your. There you go. That's a plus. There 10. you go. An eleven. There, there you go. That's Do you perfect. have any bonuses to your survival you can add to that? That's a. I'm sorry. Plus three. So it's actually oh. a fourteen. Right. Oh, good. All right. So Great. that's an assist. So that gives me a plus two on this roll. I need to hit an eighteen. So it's. Let's do it. You ready? Wait, John. You need to John's roll an John, you need to assist. No, I, I no, don't. John, John can't. He's, saying, he's not uh, ranked. No one else can. I'm a city boy. All right. I, I, before right. you roll, I want to be a bit of a techno, you know, kind of nerdy techno. Should Steve roll this since we're not supposed to know if we're lost? I think he's just oh. going to say you only travel six six miles instead of 12 mm. or four miles or whatever. I think it's totally fine for you to roll it because you know how far you travel in a day. Yeah. And so we just want to know what GPS. All right, so um, are we ready? What do you need to roll? What do you Chris, need to roll with the Chris, plus? Chris, I want to encourage you here. I need to roll a nine. Okay, okay with Chris, the plus two. Yes. Don't screw up. That's my encouragement. Right, don't ruin it, everything for everyone. Don't take the uh, left turn at Albuquerque. Do it. He okay. rolls. Hey everyone, Steve here. Just a quick note: at this point of the recording, we actually were all screaming so loud. That we blew out the connection. It's a real shame because it was pretty funny what happened. Anyhow, we pick up where we last left off. Okay. Hiroji rolls a two, which gives you a nine. So you get a plus two to that, right. which is 11. 11. Which would have failed the Wait, other roll. <laughs> but you frantically look at your notes, and it gives you another plus two because you have all those books. So you have a 13. Which means you would have succeeded if you did the easy way, but you didn't. So you failed. And you kind of get a little bit lost. And instead of making 12 miles of progress, you make... Let me just double check that. So, um, Jason and John, we're agreed that if we run out of actual food out here in the jungle, that the first thing we do is we eat Hiroji, right? I figured we'd eat Waylos first. Well, okay, yeah, right. Yeah, he's gone first. But of the of the core party, yeah, probably Hiroji. So okay. here's where it gets interesting. <laughs> because you're going faster, you do make six miles. So it's not too bad. You didn't quite make the 12 miles. You definitely didn't make the nine miles. But you made six miles of progress. That's good. And you guys, okay. you guys are okay. You're exhausted because you've been up. You did that whole investigation, then you just trekked through the jungle. So there was you guys a bunch need of to trees in my way. I couldn't see where I was going. Yeah, you know what? Uh, yeah, because trees. we're behind now. Now we definitely want to go the shortcut. Yeah, <laughs> we got the books. We got we got uh, a horticulture expert in Tuttle. He can lead help assist, and we're good for tomorrow. This is light. It'll clear up. Yeah. Can we uh, order delivery? Is that an option? Yeah. <laughs> So do you guys set up the tent? Are you going to be doing any watches or anything? You guys are oh, all yeah. real tired. Why, why would we need like watches? No, no reason for watches. I, just, I think we need watches. Of course we do. 
Uh, okay, well, let's, we're going to eat around the fire tonight, if you could set up the table. In the morning, I prefer a three-minute egg. Um, and obviously, if you could just actually make the beds before we all get into the tent, you can wait out here, right? Can't we just have Cheddar Keep Watch? Ooh. You sneaky bastard. That is a oh, good yeah, idea. Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, no. No, he's like Terminator. He just stands there looking. Sentinel mode. Yeah, sure. He can definitely, you know, watch. And you guys are all inside. Good thing the tent has a room for eight people, so Wolf also has a nice... Uh, I take up two spaces just to get a buffer zone. They're bunk beds. Oh. So, yeah, he can definitely get you the eggs. He found some on the trek. He has no idea what they're eggs of, but he can make them for you. Well, right. He shows them to you. They're blue with uh, yellow spots. I'd say, I wouldn't eat that if I were you. I know what that is. Really? What is that? There's like a 50-50 chance there's a live snake in there. Okay, Wallace, I'm going to want you to test a couple of them first before you boil them. Okay, I hear them snakes is good eating. All right, so you guys doing anything else? Yeah, I think we're ready for another yeah, track, Mo, right? Mo is sleeping. Any, any, we didn't run into the flora or fauna that was hazardous. No, no, nothing harmful. Um, I mean, as you're going through, you can definitely see, you know, as I said, you're mostly in grassland, this area. You're not in the jungle yet. So you guys all get up. You guys, Cheddar kept watch. Nothing happened. There was no preliminary, uh, uh, sorry, uh, no alarms for perimeter. And yeah, we didn't have a two. wacky AI thing where, like, we told him to attack anyone who comes near the camp and he killed all of us in our sleep. That's tomorrow. Good. All right. I say, Tuttle, uh, I think we need, this is definitely the direction we go today, right there. What do you think? I will apply my. Limited survival Wait, skills. Wait, you're doing the? Are you doing the difficult one or the easier? Difficult one. one. All right, you got it. <laughs> Make up for lost time. All right, yeah. roll Jason? to ass- roll to assist. Jason, can you promise me that Doctor Tuttle oh. is getting down on the ground and sniffing with his little rat nose, please? Rolls a, uh, a sixteen roll. for an assist. Not bad. Plus three, nineteen. It's kind of like yeah, the ritual. That's a good. That would have succeeded. All right, so with the book and with Tuttle's help, I get a plus four to this roll. To hit an 18. Ready? Yep. Well, good. that's a success. That's a success. Because you have a plus four. Okay. Yes. That's good. Yes, he uh, had a 17 plus four, 21. Nice. Blackjack. Seed. I presume you guys will turn your suits on, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Suits are definitely on. Yep. Excellent. You guys managed to make good progress. You go a good 15 miles, and you you're doing pretty well. However, you do notice that this area is sort of like the very last area where the grass is starting to die down, and now you're going to be going into the jungle proper. Well, get ready. Get ready, <laughs> boys. We're going to the jungle proper. You have your big machete, Mo? I want my jungle proper. So are you guys going to rest? Relax? Yeah, we got to do our rest, thing? yeah. Yeah. Should, should yeah, I start right. saying welcome to the jungle, or is that yeah. too much? We got the, <laughs> our cheddar on the watch. Good call on cheddar being the, the, the guard there. Yeah. All right, cheddar once again sees nothing of interest. He's just scanning, going around the perimeter. You guys are in your nice tent. It's got like a little air conditioning, got like a little, you can listen to the Room podcasts. for eight in our tent. <laughs> I know, it's a big tent. Yeah. And day three. What are you doing? Oh, let's go for it. We got this. 
we're, we're on the right track. Let's make some yeah. good time today. So you're feeling all cocky because you managed to roll in the double digits for the first time in about 12 rolls, right? <laughs> yes. By yeah. getting that 10. <laughs> I'm going to ride the roll. You're excited. You're feeling all feisty about it. All right. Yes, I am. Tuttle uh, succeeds with his uh, assist. Rolls a 14. Okay. So. All right. This is Here plus we go. four. Plus four. That knuckle. Okay, there we go. Nine. Six yeah, plus four is 20. There 20. you go. You didn't make the double digits. Let, that nope. was that was a, still an outlier. That <laughs> was just a one-off of rolling 10 yeah, that time. Annoying. <laughs> annoying. You're doing well. Annoying. You're doing well. You guys are now in the rain, this, the dense subtropical rainforest. You're now in the forest proper. You go about... I'd say about seven miles when you see slash hear something near you. Near being in front of us or to the sides or behind us or what? Uh, The path that you have to take, you notice some very large creatures. I'll show you what they are in a second. I draw my weapons. You you mentioned a path. Are we following a... Somebody their track. Trail? Are we doing that really? Yeah. Well, no, we're not. We're doing our own thing, but we're probably we should be be able to follow their tracks. I mean, they're th- well. That's that's is... the that's the going slower thing. That's the uh, that's the going six. That's the lower roll, right? Wait a minute. Yes. Wait a minute. Okay, so we're not following their tracks. You are we're... following their tracks. You're following that. You're actually not following their tracks directly. You're following the same direction that they are going. We're actually going a more efficient way, probably, because we're we're going like a really good yeah. Because that would make sense, yeah. Because this is a three-day-old trail for what fifteen people. So you see, off in the distance, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight gargantuan animals. They are immense. They appear to be about forty feet tall. And they are drinking some water. Oh, wait, wrong, wrong franchise. And yeah, they are knocking over trees like they are toothpicks. You um, are near veg- them. Veggiesaurus? Yeah, they look well, like it. If someone was hailing from Castroville oh, yeah. and did a life science check, they might be able to know oh, what yeah. these I, are. I know, I know what these are. They look like they are writable. Chocobos? Also wrong franchise. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. Oh, Hiroji rolls a two again for a life science check for a 10. Well, you don't know that much about them, but you know (laughs) that you've heard of these creatures and you know that they are semi calm, but they. Obviously, are one of these things is way past your weight class, alone eight. They're right in your way. What are you going to do? Well, I, I still think that maybe we can use one of these for a mount. Maybe get one of the smaller <laughs> ones and try to ride one of those. The smallest so one is 40 Your feet peaceful tall. response is to lasso it, hogtie it, jump on its back, and start whipping it. That, that's Mo's plan. For, well, if for there's a we... smaller one, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. try to get one of the baby ones. Stealing their children. This is how we're de-antagonizing the situation. Okay, good. Hey, well, Mo's I a city we... guy. These are his suggestions, you know. I think, <laughs> I think, I think, they could, I think we might be able to scare them off. 
No, I think they're, they're. What are they eating? Are they eating like vegetation? Yes, they're eating vegetation and drinking water. Yeah. So Why don't they're... we go around them? Yeah. I mean, how big is the herd? I mean, well, all right. Yeah, that's that's just a little detour. I say we go around them. Yeah, you can definitely go around them. You're definitely gonna lose some time here, and you might even have to backtrack, and you won't get the full nine miles. But it looks like, sorry, twelve. No, no, nine miles. Oh no, twelve miles. You're right, twelve miles. Yeah, it's it's really up to you what you want to do. I could I could try stealthing up there and throwing a grenade. <laughs> okay, here we out. All right, here all right. let's. Out. I want us all to learn the word de-escalate. <laughs> let's let's, let's learn this world. That's not, a grenade no, won't I, make a lot of noise in the forest like this. This is this is. No, I would think it would make rush. a lot of noise. No, animals no. respond very well to large to loud noises that they can't identify. They would charge they're, the other way though. Yeah, but they're far away from. They're very That's far away. Are. These no, are very big distances. No, no, no. Uh, you guys can only see within 70 feet. You only saw them, they're about 70 feet away. Do I think that a loud noise from a goblin grenade might send them running? You have no idea, but it looks like they're walking over trees like they're toothpicks. And I mean, they're nice just to, crushing everything in their path. It'd be nice to have them stampede to the northwest and make a nice path for us. Oh, that's a good idea. Says the city dweller. Yeah. Okay. Can I make an intelligence check, <laughs> just just for a common sense on Hiroji or on the animals? <laughs> yeah. It's, can I say that? Uh, what I want to do is do a basic common sense intelligence check of throwing grenades at dinosaurs does not actually going to end up with a positive outcome. Yeah, I'm, not gonna, waste I'm not going to throw it at. I'm not going to throw it at them. I'm going to throw it in a like near them. So they're not damaged by it, but it causes a lot okay. of noise. We, we also haven't gotten into your usual luck with grenades. Yes, let's not even... Let's Yes. How that's hard could it be? Uh, how hard could it be to hit the 40-foot... How, how hard could it be to drop a grenade on the ground? We found yeah, Hiroji, you rolled a two for a life for a wildlife check on your own home world. That's... <laughs> Yeah, but I'm uh, telling you, I know a lot about them. I say, look, well, I know. You go people. hunting with grenades. Apparently, this is yeah. right. we're not really we're learning a lot about the mighty hunter Hiroji in this this adventure. Um, I go hunting with grenades, and the funny thing is, I'm not even proficient in grenades. <laughs> well, um, if these guys are over our weight class, they might not know. Did let's see, Mo will go up by himself to like see if uh, they spook. At all, I mean, they, well, they probably won't even notice. I mean, we don't—we're not going to pose any threat. Like, they're just probably just going to sit there and watch us go by. And uh, I mean, they're, these things are huge. We can't possibly kill them. No, no. Go around them. There is gonna... zero chance that you probably want to be slow Yeah, but that's if they aggro. Avoid, you know, avoid the encounter. All right. Well, we lose time that way. I want to make them. Oh, please. Well, You're we going to roll, roll two on tomorrow's check anyway, so we're going to lose time one way or another. I'm ah, saying not die. It can't be more than a mile lost. I mean, th- this is just a... I'd rather lose time than limbs. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Point. All right. That's a consensus. We have a quorum. All right. I think we can do this, but okay. What are you doing? We're going to go around them. We're going to go around. Okay. You start to move. Suddenly, you hear... 
a shot ring out across the forest. One of the large beasts roars up, going crazy. They all look to you. Stampede! What? Okay. Give me a perception check. All of us, I presume. Everyone can do it, yeah. We got a 14, a 20. Moro's a 14. Hiroji, 25%. 25. You know, you can stop right there if you want. Rusty rolls a 1. He doesn't even know where right. he is. Hiroji saw off in the distance, way up in the canopy, quite far away, the suppressed muzzle flare in the distance. Someone used a sniper rifle and shot these creatures. Shot one of them? Yes. So... This is what's how it's going to work. This is in the form of a chase. You are running for your lives, and they are all stampeding after you. They go first, and then you guys go, and you have specific actions in which you can take. The actions are things like activate an ability, the casting spell, or trying to do something. You can try to distract, which is like a bluff or intimidate. You try to like draw their attention away. You can hide. And try to hide and not get trampled over. You can try to navigate and find a good path to temporarily temporarily escape from them. Uh, you can scramble, which means you clamber over obstacles, swing across gaps, you know, running through the jungle in crazy ways. You can spook, which is try to spook them. You're not going to scare them off and maybe spook them so they don't trample you. And then you can try to squeeze like into like a between two logs or like. Uh, two spaces where maybe they can't quite follow you. So those are the different things you can do. Those things are like acrobatics, intimidate, athletic survival, stealth, bluff, intimidate, checks. Nice. I knew we should have scared them first. God damn it. You should listen to me. This is my plan, but I know what I'm They going. go first. Yeah. First thing they do, they bellow. A nearby... They're called Yarks. Yark trumples loudly and it successfully hits... One random PC, and that PC will be one, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four. Cheddar. Cheddar takes four points of sonic damage from their roar. Wow. All right. Cheddar has jets, though. That, he, he, he can avoid. Well, but this. they're only short bursts. They're not like sustained flight. Each one of these rounds is one minute in length. So this is this is being abstracted to. Um, okay, are these part of the core rules or this encounter? Yeah. This is part of the both. It's called chase rules. Right. Sort of called the, it's okay. called a chase. Cool. Actually, um, Chatter can do a fortitude save on the panel on the on the sound if he wants it quick. He gets a thirteen and fails. So yeah, he takes four points of sonic damage from the bellow. Now you guys go, and you each tell me what you're going to do to try to get away from the stampede. Stampede? Do you want us to roll this every time? No, you guys all go in whatever order you want. It's up to you. Uh, you'd said bluff for distracting them. Can I only, like, attract their attention to me, or can I try and attract their attention to, hey, look over there? No, it's like a personal check, I think, it's for Each of you do your own personal thing, and if you try to distract, you dis- you you basically draw the attention away from the PCs, the other ones, and they go after you. Yeah. Okay. I'm not doing that then. Oh, you should do that one. No, no. Uh, <laughs> I like that. One. 
Yeah, that's why I was checking. There was no way I could like do the What's throw the stone over do? there. Yeah. I'll tell you what each one does. So here, I'll go through a little bit more. If you activate an ability, that's like casting a spell. It's it's like if you had you guys don't really have that. <laughs> like you, you, have you, had like a, you can yeah, skip that part. Yeah, that one I can skip. Distract. That's if you're trying to either bluff or intimidate them. You're trying to draw them to you, and you can get damaged as they come after you, but it ignores all the other PCs. You can hide, and that's specifically for you. And if you hide, and if they randomly attack or do something offensive next turn, you get bonuses. That's a stealth check. You can navigate where you try to find a good way to escape, and you just temporarily escape them. That's a survival check. Scramble is you you scramble over obstacles, and that again gets you away. That's an athletics check. Nice. Spook is you try to scare them, but not enough to stop them. And if you do spook them, you can also try to do a ranged attack on them and to basically do an intimidate to sort of spook them and run them away. That's only for you. It doesn't affect any of the other PCs. And then finally, Squeeze is trying to squeeze between large obstacles or like nimbly cross a fallen tree as a shortcut. And again, you get away. So you're it's all acrobat- kind of on your... an acrobatics check, I bet. Yeah, that's uh, acrobatics. So you're kind of all on your own. The main ones you have to think of, if you're not going to try to really help, is survival, athletics, intimidate, acrobatics. And I so missed what spell. intimidate does in context. I'm sorry. Uh, you spook them away, and they won't. From like you. he's charging you, and you spook him, and he runs the other way. But that's that's not party wide. That's not party wise. Distract uh, is party wise. Mo is going to scramble. Give me an athletics check. Twenty-seven. You are just like, woohoo, and you just scramble away, and you're like, this is kind of fun. Watch that lizard go. You succeed. Who's next? Good luck, boys. It's every man for himself. All right, I'm going to try and intimidate the one closest to me, and then run run away. Yep. Uh, Okay, so I'm going to do an intimidate check. Uh, That's plus 10. 29 intimidate. Wow. Plus 10. Wow. You do fantastic. You you look at him and the thing's chasing at you and you just give it your like, you know, like the stare, like the rock. You sort of do the one eyebrow up and it, it just runs away. <laughs> it's like, oh, success. In context, the Jumanji rock. Yeah, okay. That is correct. <laughs> Very good. Who's next? Hiroji will do what he does best. He's going to stealth. I'm He's going hide. to hide. I like how you call it stealth. It's called hiding. You're hiding. I'm hiding. You're good at hiding. We'll call it cringing. You take cover. You. This is actually pretty good for you, but it doesn't really count as a success for the party. It will actually just give it bonuses to you next round, but it doesn't help you actually escape. Okay. And finally, it's Tuttle. Unfortunately, I am not great on like the sort of physical skills, so... But you're a mouse. I guess I'll have to also do stealth. So, all right. Which one are you doing? You're gonna. I was gonna do stealth, which is plus six. I can roll it if you want, or you can do it. You try to hide, at rolling an eleven, and you don't. <laughs> and you're like, ah, they're on me. They're on me. Now they go. Gang up. Several of the arcs 
converge on one PC. And who might that be? No, it says PC. I don't think NPCs count, because they're NPCs, not PCs. Aww. We don't have to outrun the Brontosaurus, we just have to outrun Wayless. Yeah, and luckily we gave him our stuff, so... Wow, this is fascinating. No, I'm joking. I I want Wayless (laughs) to live, obviously. Um, I don't know. I'll say say it hits him. So I roll again. Okay. Okay, Wayless gets hit by a tree falling that crashes into his path. He must make a reflex save to negate. He rolls a natural one for a four. Uh. He fails his reflex save. Wayless takes 12 points of damage. Ouch. I'm I'm swing. Oh, I see. You're... Boy Friday and Interpreter and Porter is nearly dead. And in addition, Mr. Hiroji gets hit by a shower of splinters in which the fragments of the wood came flying down and actually would have hit you. But since you were hiding... They actually hit your hiding space, and they go all around you, and you don't take any damage because you're nice. Even if he wasn't hiding very well, like burying his face. So yeah, you would have been hit by the shower of splinters after the the tree fell down, but you are under cover, and although you did not make any progress in trying to run away, you did not get hit by the splinters. Excellent. Because I'm an expert in stealth. So you are cowardly, and <laughs> everyone else is running away, and you're staying behind. Good job. Yeah. Well, well, the danger's passed, at least. That's good news, right? Yep, the danger passed right by me. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> what? You're still going. You uh, basically have to succeed a certain number of times for you to get out of this. Do we? Can you tell us, or is that depend, does that vary? It varies. Depends how yeah. many of you die. Yeah, we're definitely in a Peter Jackson. Do I, have, do I have to use a skill other than stealth to make progress? Or Yeah, you have to use survival, athletics, intimidate. Actually, yeah, or, or acrobatics. Oh, so, so hiding naturally doesn't do any good at all. It does good for you. But if you have nothing else to do and you can't make the other ones, then you should probably hide. Oh, because it's like a group success thing, I guess. Yeah, well... You can either individually try to run away, or you can individually hide, wait for them to go by, and yeah, it's sort of like you're running, hiding, running, hiding, but you're in the back. All right, well, uh, I think we, did we all take our turn, or does Cheddar have to do something? Or Wayless? Cheddar doesn't go. Just everyone else goes. Wayless failed. Wayless failed. He took damage. He's half dead. Oh. The tree well, fell on him. He's half stamina dead. No, he has no stamina. He um, dies. He dies. Shit. He's an NPC. And he runs out of hit points, so he's dead. Now, is he off by himself? You guys are off, all off by yourself. We're all sort of, it's all chaos. Yeah, alright, good. Where did Look that at the picture in handouts. Out. That is literally what's happening to you guys. Oh, really? There's a picture in handouts? Oh, that nice! Picture, that's that's a great guys. picture. That's you running, and that's them chasing you. <laughs> Look how big they are. <laughs> that's no. great. Um... All right, well, I'm you ready see the trees to... trees getting knocked down? <laughs> it's like, you guys are like, ah, run, run! 
if there was a somehow a way to build something with engineering to avoid the stampede, I'd be in business. But now in World of Warcraft with engineering, you could build a decoy. That little jack in the box bouncy thing. That's right. You target if this something. is like Fortnite, I could build myself a little place to hide. All right, so Tuttle's really the only one who's like uh, he's the only one really in trouble, I guess. Unless we just take another turn, is that how this goes? Well, yeah, no, we no, you guys, going. you keep going until you get away. Okay, let's, let's keep going. Well, I have the best chance of attracting attention away from him. I can bluff them to pay attention to me. I don't want to, but I can do that to save yeah, Wales. That seems like a non-rusty thing to do. No, yeah. no, it, it, yeah, he's going to use him, and he's going to use him as a footrest, and he's going to make him, like, you know, serve him and cook and clean, but he's not a murderer. He doesn't want the guy to die, and, you know, he's a, he's a stronger guy than himself. Yeah, evasion and pursuit is a much smaller section in the core rules than uh, what we're doing. I like what uh, – this is a lot of fun, though, at least. At least says someone who has at least a good role to get away from stuff. What do we have I, to get? I was going to say, DC? I would could... – I would question the fun quotient on this, but that's because <laughs> I don't have any skills that apply. <laughs> What's the DC on our checks? I don't think we know. No. Never tell me the odds. Oh, actually, I made a small mistake. I'm sorry. The shower of splinters that crashed through the branches, sending sharp fragments of wood raining down, it actually hit everybody. So everyone has to give me a reflex save, except for the person who was successfully hiding. That would be me. That'd be moi. Roji. Uh, reflex? Even for those who scrambled away? Everyone. We're some of you like get bonuses. Together. Though. Some of you might get bonuses. Uh-uh. Yeah, roll a two oh, reflex. Way low. Oh, no. Way low. Well, he's already taken damage. Oh, he'll yeah, take no. more. He's going to take more. Oh. Let's see. I also need Cheddar, and I also need Tuttle. Way failed. With a 10. Rusty succeeded with an 18. Mo failed with a 5. Toddle is a 20. Reflex save. And now I need one for Cheddar. Cheddar fail. Cheddar's having a bad day. Oh no. God, he's getting his ass kicked. Everyone who was hit by the splinters takes 6 points of damage. And those of you who made your reflex save, you only take 3 points of damage. Now you get to try to scramble away. Wolholz is about two points from death. He does not have any resolve points, so when he dies, he dies. Who's up? So one of our action choices is to do an action, right? Like I could... Yes, I could, you could heal him. You can give I could him, heal yes, him if I definitely. want to. Definitely, yes. Okay. Do you have that healing hypo? I got, I've got a healing needle gun, and I also have Mark 1 healing kits on me. Well, that's... And probably is the scrambling. Uh, oh, that's 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 an action, right? That's not movement, right? Uh, activate an ability or do something. You can do whatever you want. No, I can scram- is the scrambling count as movement or as an action. Scrambling counts as your action. It's it's sort of different. Like you can, it's it, to me, it sounds like yeah. you, you can do you can do one of those things on the skills, or you can do like an ability, or like a, you know, like well, a, I mean, if you, well, what I'm saying is, if somebody heals Walos and that's their action, do they get automatically hit by these dinosaurs? Because it's kind of like no. Let me give you. Okay. I'll give you. Okay, I'm trying to be non-mechanical, but it's obviously not working at all. I will just tell you the mechanics. Activating an ability or do something doesn't give you any successes. You have to do a certain number of successes to get away. Okay? 
If you distract, it doesn't give you any successes. It just has them attack you and do the damage to you instead of the whole party. So you can kind of sacrifice yourself so things like this only hit one person instead of six people. Hiding is the opposite. If you get hit by something, you get bonuses to your AC and you're not affected by most actions. Navigate. That will give you one success. Scramble. That will give you one success. Spook. That will give you one success. Squeeze. That will give you one success. So you can either perform an action, take one for the team, hide, or try to successfully get away in different yep, ways. I got it. Got it? All right. Yes. Um, someone, does someone want to heal him? Uh, You're all right. our healer. That's the thing. I mean, the only thing you've is, got the hypo gun. Uh, well, yeah. it's not a hypo gun. It's a it's a needler that if I actually shoot him, it'll probably the damage will kill him. Like he'll get killed. <laughs> Are you like, serious? Okay. Yeah, it's a weird gun. It's like it's actually. All a right. Weapon. Mo's got a million heals on him. Actually, how much damage is he taking? I'm only gonna do it. I'm only gonna do eight points maximum. I'm gonna roll a one, of course. He has but... twenty hit points. He has three left. Okay, so he's taken 17 points in one turn. He's dead. There, there, well, he a... got very unlucky. He missed the reflex well, save. He got what targeted. I'm saying, yeah, but he's going to have to, I don't know how many of these successes we have to do, but we're not going to heal our way out of this unless. Yeah, but we don't, want, we don't want him to die, though. I okay, agree. But what that that's means not is in our control. distracts it to take all the damage. Does that Everybody distract all of the things uh, onto one person? What it does is that person gets negatives to their AC and saves, and everyone else gets bonuses. Ah, okay, yeah, because we're not going to heal our way out of this. I mean, no, it's uh, not a matter of healing our way out of this. It's a matter of if he, we don't want him to die. If he gets okay, Chris, when I say die. all right, we're not going to heal our way out of if he's taken seventeen when he misses. Uh, I, what are we going to do? You know, we're we're going to add three points, yeah, okay. four John, points give to your his action life. Word. Great. Give your action word. You've shot down his idea. What's your action plan? Well, no, I'm just talking about our options. Uh, right. You've I'm, shot I'm down fine. somebody else's. What's your option? He, he's, there's nothing we can do. There's no options here that's going to save You can all him. give him. We could all heal him. Oh, we could all actually separately heal him. Yeah, yes, if you all, all right. Line. If you all oh, wanted okay. to spend your turn giving him multiple healing potions, you can't. Oh, okay. If that's an option, I didn't know that was an option. You won't make any successes, and you won't make any distance, but you'll have him live. So the main thing is, we could take okay. hits. We could take a lot of hits. That would be very. That would be like nothing if we took that damage. It wouldn't even. It wouldn't even make our stamina to zero. He cannot. He is doesn't have that feature. He's an NPC, so he is so close to death. So we want to try and get him healed, so that if he is unlucky enough to get targeted again, maybe he lives. Okay, let's divvy this up as an action plan. Who thinks they can get a success on this turn round? Me. Just I have the best skills. My skills great. are all the highest. You, you try to get a success. I'm going to bluff to attract its attention on me. That gives a defense to everybody else. Everybody else heal up. That means uh, uh, Dr. Tuttle and uh, Mo try to heal. Well, what's the distract uh, role? What what category is that? Bluff. bluff it's or bluff. I'll, I'll make bluff. It's my best. Oh, role. I can do an intimidate. I get a plus six. Only one person can distract. I have a plus ten intimidate. Time. Mo is going to heal. Yeah, your skills are, are not as good as any of our skills at all. Not in no category except for maybe athletic. All right. Does that work? Yeah, that's that worked. Yeah. All right. It sucks that we have to waste these healing kits, but we don't want him to die. No, we don't want him to die. Okay, I'm going to start by trying to bluff the critter. So I'm going to make a bluff check. Here comes the one. 
It's okay. That's not my numbers. I showed the minus five again. Hold on. That's okay. You get a fourteen, which is like which is like twenty-four. Billion. And by the way, yeah, it's like a twenty-four. Here, add four to whatever that yeah, is. Yeah. So you easily get their attention away from your companions, and they all look at you and go, "Huh?" And they start chasing after you. I will do an acrobatics check to make progress. Squeeze. Wait a minute. Aren't we all healing Wayless? Dr. Tuttle and Mo are healing Wayless. I succeed. 25. You I'm easily guessing. succeed and make progress. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, I, I'm going to apply a healing thing. You pull out a potion. You run up to Wayless. You're like, drink this. And he's like, has a tree on him, covered in splinters, but you heal six. Thank you, Mo. Anyone else? I guess it's my turn. Um, so can he drink? Can he drink two potions in a turn? Yeah, because it's a minute. The turn is a minute. Oh, so okay. In that case, I will also fine. give him a potion. The minute assumes you run back to him, you take it out, you apply it, you help him up. So you're fine. You All right, then I'll also give him a potion. Does okay. he get an action as well, or is he going to spend no. it on evading? He actually doesn't have any of these. He actually can't do He has none of these traits. All right. In this encounter, he is a brick. So 1d6. 1d8, one... I'm at. Sorry, 1d8. Yeah, yeah. Four points. All right. Excellent. He looks much better. He's only mostly dead. Good job, guys. <laughs> you third dead. They they go crazy once again. Falling tree. Again? But focused on me, I think is the idea. Uh, well, not quite. That's not how it works. We get pluses. There's some, yes. Um, hold on. Timber! It gives, it gives everyone huge pluses. Uh, it's going to go after... It goes after Tuttle... And but you get a reflex save, but it's a big plus to your reflex save. You can do a tunnel dodge that tree. It's coming right for you. It wasn't done on purpose. It was like as they're running towards Rusty, they accidentally knocked over a tree. And I'll take your first one of a twenty-three. You easily avoid all the damage and dodge that tree. Good job. Watch out for the splinters. That's it. So okay. You're fine, so you guys all go. You got scot free from that one. All right, cool. Yeah. Uh, Roji, what's your plus to uh, making progress? Plus ten. Plus ten. Okay. Um, you guys want to heal him again? Uh, no. I think we. I think we run now. Fuck it. Well, we okay. we try to advance, which means we try to. All right. Get effective uh, things. Yeah. Mo's gonna scramble by doing an athletics. Athletics. Go. Makes sense. Actually, Jason, would you mind applying another heal to him this time? 29. Easily make it. You are like, woohoo, fun once again. That's good. In fact, the whole time you're like, wait, this is fun. Oh, let me go heal yeah, this I guy. Know. Ooh, this is fun this again. Is, these are, I get plus 11 for my checks, so this is kind of fun. <laughs> uh, I will again try to intimidate at plus 10. Oh, you should try to make progress. Uh, can, can you? Intimidate makes progress. Oh, does it make progress? Oh. Yeah, spooking. So it's 22. You easily minus. You easily, <laughs> yeah, actually, not so easily. You actually, you make it, and you scare one of them off. So good job. You 
have succeeded in scaring one of them. I will sure, squeeze with my acrobatic. You squeeze through two large obstacles. You barely, barely make it, but you succeed. Comes out my ninja. And finally, Mr. Tuttle, what do you do? Um, squeezes acrobatics. Yes. I have a plus three. I'm not great at it, but... Um, There's no negatives if you fail. You I'm going to try make... to ta- make progress as well, and I'm going to try to do a squeeze. We're a tiny little rat person. Make the best roll, because I sense... Oh, that's not the best roll. Seven is not the best roll. You, like, I'm going to squeeze, I'm going to squeeze, I'm not going to squeeze. And you hear them in the distance. That's a bad one. Several of the rucks... Converge on one PC. That is Rusty. Oh no, Rusty! Look out for that tree! Rusty of the jungle, friends to you and me. Look out for that tree! (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I see lots of issues. I see a lot of rolls here. Hold on. He did too good a job of Getting them to come in. Attracting their attention. Yep. Yes. Wow. Oh, man. There's a lot going on. Okay. First up, they bellow. They trumpet loudly. And that hits Rusty and Tuttle. Both of you give me fortitude saves. Oh, yes. Great. My, my Great. best save. Uh, Tuttle makes a 16. You are sort of fine. Well, it's a roll of a 14. Let's modify from there. You're fine. You, you both succeed, so you only take... Three points of sonic damage. And the other one is a body check. The Yaruk runs alongside Rusty and buffets him with his body. Let's see how much, see if it hits. Aw, he wants to give me a hug. A roll to hit. That's 18 plus 13. So I'd say <laughs> thirty-one hit thirty-one. I have a really good armor class. That <laughs> might hit you just a little, and you take a boot to the head. Yeah. Oh, it's not too bad. You take two d six five plus six more. You take eleven points of damage. What kind of dinosaurs are these? That only do six damage. Well, well it was not well, attacking him. They checked into him. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. That was him bumping into me. That was that was 2d6 plus 6 bumping. That's a bump. It's not even a tag. Bumping you against the wall. You're still doing pretty well. I don't even think it's gone to your hit points yet. Um, and they're not hitting Wayless. You guys are up. Progression? Try to do things that give us yes. points towards victory, right? Actually, can Wayless just take a potion for his action? He's not taking actions. He doesn't have negative. He can't do really anything. I'm not making him. No, He's not but a he PC. can take potions, though. Do we even have any on him, though? We no. never gave him a potion. No, you never that gave was... him any. You gave him all to um, Cheddar. By the way. <sighs> well, there's serums. It's uh... the equivalent of he would have to take it from you, which means you would lose. All right. That, fuck that. All right. All right. Are you doing the... Yep. Hiroji tries to squeeze. He fails. He well, trips. 18 is a fail. And all he right. gets stuck in the log. Next. Oh. Uh... That's, we call that a lure back home. Okay, oh, athletics check. one of them. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. Wait, wait, wait. No. It's plus 11. Wait, a, why is it at 16? I have plus 11. Probably armor oh, check penalty. I know. My, mine's are off by one also. 
Armor check is a minus one. Uh, you get a 16 to try to scramble. You fail. You do not scramble. I should away. have a 17. You still fail. Okay. Yep, I'm going to intimidate in a second when we're all done. Uh, I'm rolling d20. I have a plus 10 to my intimidate. So 25. You easily intimidate it, scare it off. It runs into the bushes and you succeed. I've defeated three of them. That's all I'm saying. All right, I don't know watch, about the rest of you. Watch me Tuttle is, Tuttle, you, you already failed. Both of you guys failed. Tuttle's up. Yep, and I'll try to squeeze so that's acrobatics. So you get a 12, is that correct? Not managed to squeeze. Wow, this was not a good turn for us. Now, you only person who was successful was Rusty. And well, you failed horribly. Rusty's always successful as far as we know. Well, once again... Five is the worst one. That's gang up. That's where I roll two items and do both of those to everybody. It's two attacks instead of one. So I've rolled that for the third time. And now they will go. Let's see what they do. Okay. First one, Shower of Splinters. They crash through the branches, sending shark fragments of wood raining down. Everybody give me a reflex save. Tuttle fails. The 13 wolf. It's more than that, but I rolled a six. Sick. Um, Mo succeeds with the 22. Rusty fails with not even close. A six. Hiroji succeeds with the 17. And Cheddar. Oh, sorry. Yeah, right. I forgot the reflex save for Cheddar. Cheddar gets a 19 and is avoid some of the splinters. So those of you hit by the splinters... Takes seven points of damage, and that was Wilholz, Tuttle, and Rusty, and Mo. Actually, Mo also failed. You should take. No, I succeeded. I succeeded. Oh yeah, Mo succeeded. Yeah, Mo succeeded. Hiroji succeeded, and Rusty succeeded. That's so right. Only take three points of damage. Waylos succeeded. Actually, I failed. Yeah, Waylos totally failed. And now, Mister Hiroji. Gets body slammed by one of these beasts. Ah. Once again, the body check. Well, I can roll a one and miss. Let's see. 15 plus 13. That's not a miss. That's not a miss. Just roll for damage. 18 points of damage as I roll double sixes. Wow. He takes full damage. You're in the red. You guys might want to get out of here. You're up. We're trying. Yeah. God. Yeah, we should rename this to Roll for Damage. <laughs> roll for Failure. Yeah, roll for Failure. <laughs> Wolf is in the red. Rusty's a little in the red. Hiroji's a little um, in the red. Cheddar's yeah. half dead. These things are even attacking you. They're just running by you and they're doing damage. Well, so Mo failed his, his, his scramble. Oh, I didn't see your roll. Well, I mean, he's going through all the, the mishaps. Oh, you mean in, in previous turns? Okay. We have a new round. There's a new round, so all you Oh, guys... we're doing a new round? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. They, they start right. the rounds. They always start the rounds. So what do you guys do? All right. Uh, Mo is going to uh, scramble. Rolls a one. Okay. Acrobatics. You are not doing well. He scrambles right at them. Oh, there's my one. <laughs> they yeah, are all the ones. All right, there we go. Oh, my gosh. All right. <laughs> okay, well, uh, uh, Tuttle got a one, but also not <laughs> great enough. Like a half trick. 
Our, right, characters, to... our characters don't want to live. They just don't want to live. I will attempt to intimidate. I have a 27. You That's number easily four. intimidate. Number four is running away. Yeah, Rosny! <laughs> you, you, you see off in the distance as you continuously keep running and failing and running and failing, you see a gorge coming up, but it's nowhere near you yet. Falling oh. tree. Dun, dun, dun. The gorge is... We can't... We'll fall in there, right? And die? Well, we're going to find out. Uh, there's we? only one way to find out. You jump right in. Hiroji. Falling tree. Uh, what does that mean? Reflex save. All right. That's my best save. So That's the, there's no way you'll miss this. Guaranteed failure. There's no way. <laughs> it's your best uh, reflex. Oh, there we go. <laughs> make, 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 make. <laughs> a five. <laughs> he rolls a five for his best reflex, for his best save. All right. Well, it hits you. Roll for damage. A tree does <laughs> a lot of damage. Don't wait up for me. 13 points of damage. Oh, Go on without goodness. Me. Go on without Man. Me. Yeah, the now tree literally falls on big, you. Uh, poach, big serums. And, um, yeah, you, you're almost dead. The rest of you get shook by the sound of it reverberating through the ground, and you're all going to take a slight negative to some of your checks this face as the tree, like, sort of shakes you all up. Oh, no, a slight negative. We yeah. might fail. We might fail <laughs> our checks next round. Well, you're all up. What do you do? Why are wait, we shaking? Wait, 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 wait. Hiroji hurt. None of Hold us on. are bothered by it. I mean, Is this hit point damage or stamina damage? Oh, you have hit point damage now. Yeah, oh. that your your stamina is completely gone. You have six hit points left. Okay, but actually, um, I should have one less damage, I think, because my force field regenerates every round for a plus one. You have to turn that on. Oh, and right. it takes it takes is that an action to turn it, on. Yeah, and it takes a lot oh, of charges like, per minute, so that's not really going to work in this case. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah. Totally, yep. the battery would have been dead by now. Yeah, no, no. I forgot you had to turn one. Uh, um, I'm thinking. Well, I'm healing myself, definitely. I don't know. This uh, the intimidate. Uh, Rusty's intimidate. That gives everybody else a uh, a bonus. Such intimidate gives you a success. Distract gives everyone a bonus, but no successes. Oh, I see. We need a certain number of successes to win the. Okay, encounter. so I'm going to do. How many successes? All we have I can eight do successes right now. Is well, you, you and I both failed, so other people yeah. have to roll. I'm I'm a Roji can hide, and you won't get affected by things. Yeah, but even that, if I roll a one, it don't matter. Actually, it might matter. Well, I don't know. No, you have to get like a twenty. I think PC twenty. It seems like. So, who are we waiting on? It's no, a new round. You we're guys, starting it's a new again. round. You guys oh, start. We're doing a new round? Okay. Yeah. Well, Mo's going to scramble again. He's a scrambling lizard. But you have a plus 10 to it, so sure. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> God, Bill. 16. <sighs> I roll a 5. Or 16. Yep. Tuttle, Tuttle's going to create a, a computer simulation that distracts the di- <laughs> these guys so he can use his co- computer score instead of his physical abilities. <laughs> Awesome. I, I figure I'd try. Uh, no, I'll go. I'll try the squeeze. I'll try the squeeze again. Ugh. Need rolling a seventeen. But that won't do it. A okay, two rolls a two. This. Well, once again, uh, you can't I'm seem gonna... to figure out how to squeeze into anything. I'm gonna try and intimidate once again. Rusty right. is the only one who's got who's can 
gonna save our bacon. Oh, and I rolled a three, so that's a thirteen modified of my first failure. Oh well, oh, you had to okay. speak up, didn't you? Chris? Do not you had to say that out loud. And spooking them. Well, um, and Hiroji wants to take that. Uh, I'm gonna use a serum. Mark One healing serum. It's one d eight, right? You, no, dude, you want a Mark Two? The, these things will 1D8. kill you. I don't think I have a Mark Two on me. I th- I'm sure that I remember you buying one. You do have a Mark II. In fact, I think you have more than one. I do. Say again. You do not. Right. Okay. So I, it's only one D8, right? That's correct. That's something. I'll take a seven. Yeah, he, he, healing seven is pretty. That's that's good. <laughs> I think that's the most you've ever done. Yes. New round. Uh, ooh, ooh. No, that that that. Uh. Oh, new round. Right, right. For that, we go there. Whether due to terrain or following the lead of one of the senior animals, the Yaruks begin veering in an unexpected direction, which requires you all to change tactics. You all get a... Ah. The good news is none of you actually get any damage at all. But if any of you try to use the same action that you used last time, you get a minus four. Because wow. Cool. I like that. All right. You have to change your tactics. It's perfect timing because I didn't use acrobatics last time, so I can use it now. What if we failed miserably? <laughs> Our actions aren't even recognizable. Nope. If you do the same okay. action, you can do it. You just get a minus four. Um, that's actually still better than... Uh... I don't know what the success roll is exactly, but roughly it looks like if I had a minus four, there is no chance I would make it except on a 20. Can you take a... No, I'm going to hide this turn, actually. Yeah, there you go. So for me, that's stealth. Well, I'm going to intimidate. It's a plus six. So I'm going to try to... uh, Spook. Spook him. That that advances us, correct? That is correct. Very nice. 18 gets a 24. You, You just are sick of this? You're sick of running? You're sick of failing. Turn around and give that beast a piece of your mind. And it spooks him. It spooks him. Yeah, yeah. I stomp on the ground and it scares him away. Who's next? Okay, here's my attempt to hide. I can't even hide anymore. Um, Four, four, nine. You, you, you don't know. You can't find anywhere to hide. You're like on flat ground. In fact, there's nothing left to hide because all the trees have been knocked over by the by the beasts. Who's next? I hide behind way. I hide behind Waylos. Then I don't know. (laughs) Poor Waylos. He's hanging on with a thread. Well, yeah, poor Hiroji, indeed. (laughs) Um, I'm going to try an acrobatics check. I'm going to to do that thing. Squeeze. All right, so acrobatics, I'm at a plus eight. And I have a modified 11, so I roll 11, three. you do Rusty, not successfully watch, watch squeeze. Wow. Okay, Hiroji I'm watching. rolls a three. <laughs> God, I'm watching. When, when, what's going to happen? so bad. Four, three, and three. I That's what we rolled this round. I mean, well. <laughs> face plant. Oh, Again, new nice. round. You guys are going to be getting tired. These things are just stampeding over yeah, and I'm over and over I'm again. To the gorge. I'm gonna hang off the Body check. Well, this one goes after Cheddar. Cheddar! 9 plus 13. Hits him. Oh, wow. 
I rolled a two and a one. I only do nine points of damage. Shame that wasn't on a PC. Oh, Cheddar's taking Oof. a lot of damage. So Cheddar's taking a lot of damage. You see fucking <laughs> sparks coming out. Yeah. Press the red button. Well, Cheddar has no stamina. <laughs> I'm not even sure what the oh, yeah. button would do in this situation. Press the red button. You could do it. Who knows? But um, you were pretty close to that ravine. You're getting closer and closer. You guys go. Uh, All right, we win this round. We need one more success. That's what I'm that's saying. Me. We I'm need one it. success I'll, to win. I'll, allow me. Go for it. Do it, Hiroji. He rolls a three. Just to check, you told me to watch you for how wow. acrobatics works, right? God, it's so like the laws of probability are being broken tonight. And Do half we... our listeners can't hear anymore. Good yeah. job. Actually, um, can do? Are we allowed to switch back to our best action now? Yes, or that do... was only last. That was only okay. last. Okay. So Mo is going to zig and then zag to do a scramble away. He rolls a six for a 17. You oh, fail. wow. You, you wow. do not quite oh, make wow. it. Wow. You trip at the last second. TPK. Hello. All right, here comes a <laughs> attempt to squeeze. Not the 80s alternative band. You bought a toothbrush, some toothpaste. That's a no. <sighs> 12. Once again, you succeed. You, actually, I don't think Tuttle's ever succeeded. Who's up? All right, intimidation. My first, my first stealth succeeded. Oh, that's yeah, time, book learning. Time for me to intimidate these monsters once again. Yeah, Rusty, please do something. Twenty-six. Oh, twenty-six. That was you the succeed. unmodified. You you wow. scare them once again. There it is. You you're almost there. Not quite. Falling <laughs> tree. Another tree bites the dust. Damn. Darn, darn. Another tree bites dust. Darn, darn, darn. That's not a good roll. Darn. Hiroji gets hit. Hiroji gets hit. Hiroji, give me a reflex save. Oh, here we go. You do not want to miss this. Fifteen. Fifteen. The tree crashes. It's about to hit Hiroji, and it goes like one inch in front of his face. And he's like, ooh. That was close. It like knocks it knocks like the matchstick out of your mouth. You're like, that was a close one. You succeed in not getting hit by a tree. Wow. Excellent. You guys go. That's good. Alright, so let's put an end to this. I'm going to scramble away and somehow that will I don't know. Rolling an eight for nineteen. You succeed. You scramble oh, over the obstacles. I think we've decided 20 is the DC. You so. said success on the 19. Oh, I'm sorry. I misheard. Yeah. All right. I'm rolling my acrobatic. 19 also. For scramble? Yep, or no, squeeze? For, for squeeze. Squeeze. You fail. Ah, oh, these are they're different. That's annoying. All right, I'm going to try and intimidate. Almost. You, you, you were thrown off by it, almost blowing past Nice. Rusty rolls killed. a 23. 23, 23. intimidate. You're you scaring the hell out of them. successfully intimidate them. Now, you know if we win right now, that will mean Rusty did six of these successes and won it at the end. He's going to be insufferable for months. I mean, I'm just going to yeah. warn you in advance. Yeah, Going that's... to be. Yeah, going to be. Yeah. How will we ever adjust to that? Yeah, the difference will be amazing. You successfully make it to the large chasm. 
you reach an ancient stone bridge that is crossing the river and it flows through the jungle. You quickly hear and see the beast chasing you and you decide to risk it. You run, all of you, over to the bridge. It easily supports your weight. However, one of the Yariks pursuing you takes a few steps on the bridge trying to chase you and it collapses and the poor thing falls into the river below the ancient elven architecture destroyed it looks like you ain't going back that way oh we got oh. off the bridge i thought we were on the bridge while it was on okay <laughs> temple of new moment no yeah minutes we... ago i would have had some sympathy for that yark <laughs> now, now screw him exactly yeah. i was tying myself on hey. do they make good eating can we go down there and get the carcass and barbecue oh they're a pinata for experience is what they are that's what they are well here's the thing you are out of the what is it <laughs> out of the pan into the fire shall we say you look around and you are deep in the forest and in front of you you recognize something hey everyone steve here what a terrible place to cut the episode well you only have one person to blame me that's right you're gonna have to wait till next week to see what they find but I tell you, if you think what they just went through was bad, oh, it's going to get way, way worse. I promise you. So I bring you part two of my interview with Order of the Amber Die. So I read a whole bunch of great questions on the Discord channel about this. And unfortunately, I already talked to them. So I didn't get to ask all these really great questions. But I got pretty friendly with them. In fact, Adam from the interview is going to PaizoCon with us. So I'm going to be seeing a lot more of him. And I have a feeling we're going to interview him again for the show. So if you have any more great questions you want to ask the order, let me know. I'll make sure I ask them the next time I speak with them. Once again, if you didn't listen to last week's show, I strongly suggest you listen to last week's show and listen to the first part of the interview, where we go through what the Order of the Amber Die is, how long they've been playing, how they play, and so forth. The real Cliff Notes version is that they've been playing for 30 years with the same group of people, more or less. They've gone through about 145 adventures, and when they play and get together now, they go four days straight with very little eating and sleeping. And they go through adventure paths and they finish them in record time. That is the Cliff Notes version of Order of the Amber Die. Anyhow, let's get to part two of my interview. Since you guys are all sleeping and eating, so where do you sleep? Do you just, like, that actually is a good question. Where do you sleep? I was just thinking about that. So, yeah, let's see. You're, you're sitting, here. You're sitting here in the living room. <laughs> right. You're sitting on Eric's bed, right? <laughs> it's um, or the, on the, the couch floor, bed, the right? um, Does anyone go home? Everybody has. Back, uh, or do they have to stay here? Let's see. Sometimes Usually they, they do stay here. Like, our rule has kind of been always, you know, or because we travel to location, they tend to be all in one place the whole way through. Um, but... Let's see, recently, I want to say the last one or so, people who are very Jody local, within 10 minutes or five yeah, within minutes, 10 minutes uh, which is really only one or two guys, um, they'll, they'll leave. But yeah, they'll, they'll kind of crash out. We put two in one of the bedrooms. We have a blow-up bed. There's two right there. The lair. Uh, we have, yeah, we have a place called the lair. That's like kind of our prep room um, and put somebody in there. We have a couple cots we'll use. Um, different guys, you know. I mean, one of them, Sean, he'll sleep anywhere. Uh, yeah. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> so he'll step over him in the middle of the night. You know, the middle, we have kitchen floor, I think. One kitchen time. floor, was, yeah. yeah. If you don't play well, we'll make you sleep outside in the shed. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's not true. 
yet. <laughs> yet. <laughs> no, just, yeah, no, it's fun. I mean, you know, it's kind of like a big sleepover just day after day. So it makes you feel young. Yeah. <laughs> so what about big blowups, though? I mean, I mean, we have big fights when we're just playing after two hours or one hour or three hours. Uh, yes. uh, there's got to be <laughs> some legendary... Absolutely insane knockdown fights, even with the player captain, even with everyone being in the order, because you got to get loopy after like two or three days. No physical confrontations yet. I don't think that's in the docket, but there have been some, yeah, some verbal uh, wars waged for several hours, in game and out of game. In, I yeah, mean, you both. know, in game actually, in game, my game is it's the same thing. When you're marathoning, <laughs> you are your character for days. Right. By the time it gets to Sunday, it doesn't matter. You're you're thinking like Olak or Erasmus or yeah. you know Faya. It doesn't. You're, you're you become your character. So, um, yeah, they're they're blowouts. Mm-hmm. I mean, you ha- it's really important that we hug it out fairly quickly because we're doing this for the community and we're putting this on the Paizo blog and we've got a project to think about and you know I think we got more caught up in those things before there was so much attention on it all and and when we were younger, I right. think too, we were just you know we know how to keep ourselves in check now. I mean, we're a little more growing up, I think, at least for most of us. Yeah, no, I, it's funny because we did the same thing, like, I'd say like 20, 15 years ago, um, even 10, we'd get into pretty big fights. And now, I mean, actually, Chris, who's one of our core players and my best, one of my best friends, he and I got into such a big fight, he quit. Like, hmm. He actually quit my game. Um, you know, he came back and we all worked it out. But, you know, we've had big blowups, you know, like that was... This is one of my best friends, and he's just like, I, I'm quit. What's happened here, too? Oh, we've, we've had that. Yeah, we have, we've had <laughs> players quit and come back. We've, we've had to cut some players over the years. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, just it doesn't always – it's like a team. I mean, you know how you, yep. have to, you have to be as a cohesive unit, and if you're not, you've got to figure out how to get back to that. And, or move on. Um, whatever you're trying to do at the time, if it doesn't work with everybody, you, you have to figure out ways to get it there. So Yeah, we're I mean, much better now. I mean, <laughs> we, we definitely know when things are going to happen, and – it's funny. It's like, it just doesn't happen as much. We thought like when we started the podcast that we'd have a lot more fights. I mean, we've had like one very minor one and that's about it. I mean, we just, you know, it's like maybe we're old and maybe we just know each other or we just respect each other more now. It just, it just doesn't happen quite as often. And luckily, thank God. Right. Because those are intense. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. They can, especially in the the middle of a long session, they can be pretty, you know, yeah, definitely. Um, So I asked this of everyone. So this is this is a fascinating question slash I want to hear your answer. So here it is. You guys are sitting around, you're talking, you're rolling dice, and yet you get into these huge fights and people are screaming, yelling, and why? What is it about playing make-believe <laughs> that causes <laughs> such angst and drama <laughs> and also makes it that you want to spend your entire weekends together playing you know like all the stuff you've done to create this order order of the amber die and all you're doing is sitting around talking rolling some dice and that's it why do you think this is it's kind of silly the only reason i say is because my wife is a non-gamer so she sees it from the outsider's point of view right right. and she's like what is going on like what it just seems so (laughs) weird to someone who's outside who's not a gamer she's like you're just talking you know what why does it turn into this whole thing I mean, if that's what it actually was then yes it would be yeah. ridiculous i agree yeah but that's we all know that's not what it of is. of course we know that you know what i mean it's it's the story aspect it's the camaraderie aspect 
You know, the rolling dice is just, you know, a part of how you play. It's not why you play. You know, why we play is for the moments that, that happen, you know. And if you if you know, if you play sports or if you're if you're in a band, you know, if you've done something where you stop for a second, you look around the room, and you capture that emotion. If you want if you can duplicate that over and over again, why wouldn't you? That's what we do. Yeah, I think this game having played so many and been a gamer my whole life as well, Steve, I think that this, um, you know, this is just a game that has no ceiling. I've not found a ceiling yet in this game. And I just, it keeps me coming back. It keeps me always hoping for the next adventure to reveal something that I haven't seen already or have some experience that I haven't had. And we've had just about everything happen and then something new happens. Yep. And that brings us back. And that's it. So from the outside, sure. Yeah. We're just in a room rolling dice and, and talking or arguing or whatever we happen to be doing. But we all know that, you know, three days into a marathon come Saturday night and you're staring down a bad guy with low resources and you're about to find out what you're made of. You You got five points. You got to be working four hours. You got to end the battle now. And when that die drops, man, there's something about it. You know, you can't duplicate with anything else in the world as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, no, I mean, we agree. It's funny. We talk about that. It's like, you know, we, we play a lot of video games and, you know, we like a lot of video games. Um, some of us are, you know, still to this day, very addicted to the world of Warcraft and, you know, and obviously a lot of books and TV and movie and all that. But yet, like Pathfinder, D&D role playing, it's like we will drop everything to do this. I don't even know why. There's just something about it, you know, and we agree. We're like, I don't know what. It's just something. It's just it's just endlessly fun. And. It's just, and especially when you're playing with your friends. I mean, even when you're playing with strangers, that's a lot of fun. But it's, uh, it's fascinating that just sitting around and I guess collaborative storytelling is really the big difference. Is that, and actually, that is where I think all the fights come from. It's because I have a picture in my mind, and then you have a picture in your mind, and then that's where the fights. And that's actually helped me as a GM. It's like I try to put myself and think, okay, why is this fight happening? Because you thought in your head that this should have happened and then it doesn't and then it messes up your story so hence that's why you get so angry because you're mm-hmm. like no 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 that story right. that your story is not right my story is right. right and at least in my experience that's helped me bring the fights back to earth saying okay let's calm down let's find a compromise so everyone's stories can continue working in their, <laughs> in their head the narratives continue to work with that you know because you don't want a narrative to go in the wrong direction especially mm-hmm. for your character clashing imagination right actually yeah i completely agree i think that a lot of our fights especially before the advent of the grid before we started playing where everybody could see their miniature on the field um, this is probably somewhere in early three five. I mean, yeah. you know, we were definitely arguing about. No, you told me I was only one move away from this, and you know, mm-hmm. then I did it and I died, and you know, then all of a sudden, once you have everyone staring at the same battle mat, and we all can see where our characters are, and you know, it's on you if you make a mistake at that point, and right. every player is not arbitrary themselves. It's not up to you, the GM. It's not his fault, but it was her fault that you know they didn't tell you something incorrect, and they're trying to go back on what they said, or you didn't you know miscommunicate. Now it's, hey, it's right in front of you. And I think that's where uh, Pathfinder did an exceptional job for Mm -hmm. these these past several years here. We've had very few arguments about what is taking place on the battlefield. And we're very grid heavy. We have to be for the projects. And so now I think the majority of our our fights, I'm trying to think of, of, it was a pretty good one recently. But it's about party decisions, I think. Well, yeah, um, that that always, that's an instant argument. People can't agree what steps to take next. I mean, that usually happens, but... The only other ones I can think of are just are just 
you know, holding players accountable for for their ability to, to perform. You know what I mean? If, if somebody just makes an action that leads to the death of another character and they, it's a mistake that could have been avoidable, yeah, tempers flare at that point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You got my character killed. Why aren't you five foot step there? You clearly saw two guys coming at me. You know what I mean? Stuff like that, which is normal, I think. You know, no one wants a character to die because their, their friend made a mistake, but you got to call people out on it. That's the only other reason I think of why arguments happen. So speaking of character death, how do you handle it? Like, I mean, it's going to happen. It sounds like you've had a lot. So, mm-hmm. like, what do you do? Because you're playing a marathon. You have people flying all over the country. Imagine they're, like, you know, like level nine. So it's like, oh, you can't just start a new character. Like, mm-hmm. what do you do? How do you handle it? I actually have some I, – I, I handle it a little differently. I'll tell you after you answer, but I'm curious to hear. From one GM to another, how do you handle your character death? Uh, First of all, it depends on if it's a project or not. Okay. So I guess we'll focus on the ones – we play for Paizo. So if we're doing that, like let's say it's uh, Aslan right now, we'll mm-hmm. go with that. So if a character dies, then we, if possible, replace them in a way that's dictated by the author or the developer. So mm-hmm. it might say in the introduction, uh, if there's a character death, you can use one of the colonists. It can take the role of one of the dead players. And what level um, do they start? Uh, a lot of times they start at whatever level they were at in the book, oh, okay. and that's it. You know, we're, We've never been afraid to say, if you die, that's it. You come in with a new character. In fact, the players have helped with this a lot because they don't they don't like someone being able to just come in. If your character died, or you know, you just joined the group and we've been playing for two years, they don't like it when someone comes in and they're just seventh level also, and they just all of a sudden expect a full cut of every treasure hall. And mm-hmm. you know, there's kind of this like seniority, or you know, like you have to build respect or rapport yep. with everybody. Just and, like any, anyone coming in, they any have group. sort of uh, established this even more than me. I definitely agree with it, and, and I. I just kind of like it because it's it's just feels right to have someone have to build up um, you know time with the group before they just are immediately treated like oh hey you know you joined us in the tavern five minutes ago but now that we killed this dragon let's just cut you in on the treasure equally um, so yeah they'll come in with a new player first level and they'll have to work their way up or if it's an NPC and we already have the stats then they get that so there's been plenty of times where they just go right across if they were six level and we happen to have a six level NPC they immediately just take over that um, but. Yeah, character death is not something that we ever shy away from. And I think that one of the things about our group that makes it a little bit different is that when you're playing it, you know, under the lights per se, uh, you know, in front of the whole community, there is a significant amount of pressure on the players to perform. And what Eric's talking about where the players, some of their arguments are with each other is the player makes a mistake in the grid. Everyone's going to see that. Everyone's going to hear about this. You're going to we we'll go to a convention mm-hmm. and someone's going to say, "Oh, you were the guy whose character died twice. That was really funny," right. or something like that. And it's like, <laughs> and you have to own that. And and so, could you have prevented that with ten more minutes of of reading over the combat section before the marathon started? Maybe. Likely. And if you you know, a lot of times he'll give them things that they have to study or practice, especially mm-hmm. underwater combat for this most recent oh campaign. Yep. So he was... I do assign homework. And he gives them homework. He's and, a teacher, but I, you know, <laughs> I pitch in too. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. yeah. It's your response. You give everyone homework? Yeah, okay, I want you to all... You like, give them a quiz on underwater combat after? And... No, there's a, there's a player email before every module you play. Oh, that's sure. several pages. Well, we topics just, to discuss. Um, you guys haven't listened to podcasts, but you know, we just did a podcast where we were doing combat in zero G... That sounds awesome. In darkness. <laughs> oh, let me add it. Let me add it. I love it already. You talk about uh, complex. And so Zero G has its own things like, okay, wait, if you have momentum, you continue going that direction. And how do you stop? Mm-hmm. And then 
what you can see and what the characters can see and and you know I think we did pretty well actually I think we did a very good job with it um but you know we learned it as we went along and yeah I mean there was some times same thing like like they would go off into the darkness because you can only see like 20 feet around you and then there was a monster and the PCs don't complain like okay you're getting attacked like okay I mean it's like you know that's that's the way it is you know that's the rules so um luckily no one totally died in our campaign they sort of died i'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> but so but if it's not a uh, amber die um a campaign or if it's a not an official adventure path then how do you handle character death because i think in emerald spire when i remember you read if they died they died and then you yeah. brought them back as level one yep yeah we're really really hardcore about it and if you know, it's rare that you would ever take over an NPC. There's no real reason to. You would, you'd want to make your own PC. Again, that's typically how they like to do it. And then the rule is always you just come in at level one. If we're level 13 and you die and we can't bring you back, which is still pretty rare these pretty days. Pretty rare, yeah. Um, usually there's a way to get you. But let's say you are turned to ash or something and, you know, you're, 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 you're you know, whisked off to another plane or something like that. We can never get you back. That's it. New character, level one. And it's amazing how many characters... This method is controversial, and we've we've had to defend it several times. But we can also say with certainty how many characters we've seen mm-hmm. go from level one to eventually be among the top players in the party right. as things occurred in, in the course of a campaign. And you know, you just never know what a campaign is going to hold by the time we're all twentieth level. And the way the XP charts are built, you will catch the party, right. mm-hmm. and eventually, you may even. You know, we had a campaign that had this uh, system. All of our campaigns have different systems, but this one was called the senior partner system. And it was that three of the highest level characters were the senior partners and they would mm-hmm. determine who got what treasure. And it was definitely not the <laughs> most well-liked no, of the different systems we've seen over the years. But it was interesting to see that players could become a partner or a senior partner if they just stuck it out long enough. And we had characters that came in that were killed yep. off and they made it all the way up there. It was amazing. And so just from that point on, proved why we... We're going to stick with it. So, Yeah, I mean, I do it. We do it a couple of ways. I mean, one way we've done it is they come back as level one. We've tried that in the past, and you're right. They do catch up. The only thing I have an issue with that is that they'll often just be way in the background during sure. a fight. It's like, okay, you, you guys watchers. take care of the monsters. I'm going to be uh, sitting back here just mm-hmm. earning experience, <laughs> doing nothing. So that one that one works out. For, you know, they can't really contribute to the party for a mm-hmm. while. Um, the other way we've done it is that they will come back usually as an NPC. But what I'll usually do is have them one level lower than the main characters. So if everyone's level 8, we'll usually have them come as level 7. And usually have them either take the distribution of the wealth, like you said, is sometimes tricky. Mm-hmm. So you could take their wealth and it's like, no, you have to take that and then use that on the new character. Otherwise they can just give themselves, oh, I'll get a plus three sword and this, and they can just get the best of everything. Like, yeah. oh, we're fighting mind yeah. flares? Let's take uh, Aberration exactly. Bait Sword. Right, exactly. Just because he had it, write some sort of backstory to yeah. one, support it. Don't the one I've been doing more frequently that actually I've been finding really useful is that if they're going to die, if they're going to die and they really die, then we just kill them off. But actually what we've been doing is sort of either mutating them or horribly scarring them or changing mm. them in a way that is painful. Sounds fun. So, yeah, that's great. Um, <laughs> they're, they're still alive, but they know that bad things happen to them. Like, And it could be anything from permanent stat loss to a permanent change in their character 
to like something aging aging or a way they behave now um in our current campaign and this had nothing to do with us the way the rules were written because it is starfinder and it was a lot of these adventure paths it was written before you know the adventure path and bouncing was written before the rules were done right. so the diseases in the adventure path are really bad and there, this guy got this disease and it mathematically it was almost impossible for him not to die from it oh my so instead, we just had him uh, turn undead. So now he's uh, <laughs> well, because that's a, that's that's a like playable class race. <laughs> that's playable in Starfinder. Right. So we're like, okay, you're kind of undead now, and there's going to be repercussions to that. And the the PC who's playing is fantastic. He's like, well. Do I look human? I'm like, oh, you look human. He's like, okay, that's all that matters. As long as I look human. He's like, but you're not human. He's like, oh, I know I'm not human. And there's going to be issues. He's like, oh, I know there's issues. But, well, we'll just pretend that those don't exist. Mm -hmm. um, and as the campaign continues, there's going to be more issues with it. And he's totally cool with it. And that's something else. I always have to get the PC's mm -hmm. input because I don't want to force them into a story that they don't want to do. But we've done this quite a bit um, recently. And it could be things like, their soul gets captured by a demon and then like, okay, you came back, but you're cursed forever. And here's the, you know, things you have to do to undo it. And that's like, you know, so it sort of gives you another side story and adds depth to the character and a flaw, like a permanent flaw. Mm -hmm. And so they're still in the game, but they've been changed. Like he did not think when he started this campaign that he was going to be human, you know, throughout the whole thing. Very quickly, he's now undead and things are happening to him and he has to adapt because i'm i'm the one who's changing him so he's changing his character and he likes it i think from a role-playing point of view because now he gets to explore and change his characters in ways he didn't expect so right. at least that's yeah. something i've been doing a lot and i find well, it really useful there's yeah, consequences sounds, yeah. yeah i like that there's idea of having of dying. permanent yeah. consequences yeah, and yeah, I like i've noticed that um in our group, I've been impressed with the players will, they're, they're kind of expected, they expect one another to embrace exactly what you're talking about there with consequences. And and what I mean by that is that no matter what happens in the story, you're expected to own it and you would never ask the group in the order to, oh, can I make a new guy? I don't like, you know, can I make a new character? I don't like what happened to my character. Can I, right. you guys mind if I roll up a new one or um, let me go to, let me give this example. We were in Against the Giants and one of our, players was wearing a cloak that if you wear it for eight hours turns you into a hellhound and there was no save it's just that's just what happened it was gygax and this was that's mm -hmm. how it went and his character i want to say was 17th level 17th level at the time and that was it and he was expected to continue on as a hellhound and you would never ask the group in in we have people that want to join you know like you never you know like you're never gonna give up your slot at the table you're never gonna you know yeah. like that's it i'm gonna be a hellhound now and so it's amazing what they'll, the pressure they can put on each other to just own whatever happens. And I'll, I'll give another one. There was a, a barbarian. Uh, was like The iconic was Amiri. But mm. uh, one of the players was playing this character, and she ended up being aged very early on in her career by a trap that Eric Mona had in the end of his level four. It was Sanctum of a Lost yeah. Age in Thornkeep. And it was like a D20. You age in years a D20 each time this, this effect happened. It was brutal. And so before you knew it, she was 54 years old, minus three strength, dex, and con for a barbarian. It's murder. And her whole career just changed immediately. And she was mm -hmm. only, what, sixth level, maybe? Six, seven. So here he was staring down the rest of his career as barbarian and just owned it. That's it. My character story is that I'm 54. Mm -hmm. And 
Yeah, yes. Swing a big one. Yeah, yeah but that's yeah. something sure. I think this is like where your your age and my age are coming into play because that makes much more interesting characters. Mm-hmm. And I've learned over the years, like having you know a planned character is so boring. You know, yeah. it, it's boring to have your <laughs> yes. character go from okay, I'm going to have it go from level one to level twenty, and it's going to do exactly this. Mm-hmm. And then if you do exactly that. It sounds like it's going to be fun, but it's not. And it's like, you got to trust me, it's not fun. But if you have weird things happen to your character, that is way more memorable. You're still telling stories about it. I'm sure the player mm-hmm. knows all about it, and they probably talk about it. And you become a hellhound, cool. But it sounds great <laughs> to me. I mean, you know, I mean, obviously, messes, you have to embrace it, but that's a way more fun. And just having a character that's just okay, I'm another level stronger. It's like, eh, who cares? I mean, you know, I told you the story when we were playing Iron Gods, Jason had a character that would drink Numerian fluid every level. Mm-hmm. And one level, you roll a 1d100 and he rolled a two. And a one is death and you like disintegrate the dust. The two, and you lose one of your senses. He lost the sense of taste forever. But then the next time he rolled a hundred and then rolled a subtable of a two and became a mutant. And he was a warrior. Who got a plus six strength, a plus six to his con, who had a plus one magic chainsaw, who yep. was suddenly insane. I mean, he right. and also he kept drinking this Numerian fluid. He ended up growing like plates of armor on his skin <laughs> and he ended up like stinking and like it just every level something randomly cool would happen to his character. And we still talk about it to this day. In fact, he started out as Worf and then by the end we turned him into Bane. You know, like, so, you know, it's like you kept changing his character and he loved it. And, you know, that's a memorable character. And and the thing is, it was the player choice. That's the subtle difference, I think, now versus Gygaxian. Gygaxian is the characters don't get choice, but modern is the characters get the choice. Like, he didn't have to drink the Numerian fluid. He wanted to. Well, he got cool and bad things happened to him. And that's something I like to do is give my characters lots of like roulette table style loots of wonder and like, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, like uh, things that can good and bad happen. But you get to choose. Here's the Pandora's box. You open it. I'm just going to tell you there's some pretty good things in there, some pretty bad things. Mm-hmm. But you sit, you want to do it. And those player characters, they can't resist, can they? <laughs> they no, they never can. I mean, mm-hmm. in the case of the Hellhound Cloak, it was uh, just... I, I was feeding him little abilities, kind of like well, every hour. Or you or breathe like fire. That. You, well, yeah, cool. you breathe. Oh, wow. Yeah, you, you can you smell just, things. Like, you have scent. Like, that's interesting. That's a useful ability for a rogue to have scent. And the way I see it is, you know, it was the character's choice. They did have control in that it was the character's choice to wear the cloak as long as they did. They knew they were in a, in a first edition adventure and consequences would be severe for, you know, potential actions. Didn't seem cursed so, at the time. Didn't seem cursed at the time. And I mean, there was also, I think, Temple of Elemental Evil where... We had a character reach into a box. We were in this desperate fight against some salamanders. Jumps in these coals, digs through it in the coals. And I don't know what he was just kind of, maybe this is even metagaming. I don't know. But dug through and sure enough, found this box in the coals, flips it open. There's a frost brand in there. Reaches in to get it. And it cuts off his hand. There was a trap that severs your hand. Wow. It's like, oh, I'm a fighter without a hand. I mean, that's it. That's, you know, man just survived the battle and is like, it's I don't like know if a, I want to play this guy anymore. It's Game of Thrones. But, but there you go, right? Exactly. Actually, that's right. Yeah. Right. And there you go. And so I, I was like, no, embrace this. You know, you're a fighter without a hand. Let's go on a quest. Let's play an adventure. Let me look through what I have. I looked through a whole bunch of published adventures and I found one where you acquire a block of mithril. I was like, wouldn't it be cool if we played this published adventure and at the end we use this block of mithril to craft a hand? 
you know, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, so we ended up turning it into yeah. this really Actually, exciting. that guy who lost the is the the scent. There was this contest in a um, in this like very barbarian type town where you would have to drink from old Woody, and it was like this nasty, disgusting brew that oh. they would have contests to see how many times you could take a swig was that from in it before. No, it was like it was made up for this adventure, oh, right. and. Um, you would how many times you can drink it before you would like pass out? <laughs> but he's like, well, I have no sense of taste. Mm. I, I lost my you know t- sense of taste. I'm like, that's true. So suddenly he's like drinking old Woody. He's finishing it off. They give him the bottle. There's like a big celebration. So it's like, hey, look, you took a detriment and made it into like you know something mm. great. And we still talk about old Woody to this day. You know, so <laughs> the same thing. It's like you gotta I think give the player characters a way to embrace the weirdness. Like, give them, like you said, mm-hmm. like the mithril, so you can give them a cool hand. Because if you just punish them, they're not going to play with you, and then you're a bad GM. So, yeah. so Eric, actually, with you, what's your favorite character that you've had? Oh, my God, there's so many. <laughs> um, That's a lot. Well, I, asked, yeah. I, asked, I asked Adam his favorite module, so i got to ask the player character. Well, I, have to, I guess I have to say uh, uh, the character I played in the Emerald Spire. Um, um I played a Rift Warden, you know, prestige class. I built it, I built them from, you know, to, to be that prestige class from the beginning. And uh, it was it was based on a guess. I'm like, all right, the other players are playing fighters. What am I going to do? I'm going to play some sort of wizard, you know, because we need one. And I'm going to develop him in a way to shut down all the bad guys so the fighters can do what they best and fight. So dispelling this and, you know, summoning that. So I decided to handle all these things. And um, towards the end of the campaign... Uh, I ran, we ran into a lich, Narathamon, and I had this counterspelling mage, and I'm like, okay, let's go toe-to-toe with this lich. So, the combat opens with a fireball, decimating us almost, you know, we can't do another one of them, so I get to go initiative, I already my action for counterspell. And for the next four rounds, I roll nothing under a 12, and I counterspell the four, his four next spells, from rounds one through four. That allows the paladin to finally get through the mess of, of creatures in the front, fly up there with activating smite, critically hits him, doubled smite, and pretty much the battle was over shortly after that. But I actually counterspelled a lich for real four times in a row. Completely so, shut the lich down. Shut him You've down. never seen a lich shut down. I mean, it's, it's just so rare. Yeah. It's one of those monsters that... So, uh, yeah, that's... utmost respect. I mean, you just... So, I, I yeah. see you guys have these very cool hoodie, like, windbreaker <laughs> jackets that have the Order of the Amber Dye... Do you have anything else like when you finish a campaign? You got like little patches or something. My friend just did this. They just finished Karen Crown, and his GM made him these really cool patches. Oh, that had, wow. like the the so years, like the years of like when he did it, and had little uh, had little little um, crow or raven on the top, and <laughs> it's like yeah. purple and black. It's, it's beautiful. Symbol. Nice. You guys should do yeah. something like that. We do certificates at. Uh, yeah. We run events at different conventions. We give away yeah. um, some certificates that are pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Everybody that survives, <laughs> the, you know, are actually just playing through it. Just it's playing like, through but, our yeah, we, but uh, yeah, That's actually not a bad idea. Something I mean, like that. I mean, yeah. yeah, we're usually grinding so many adventures that um, you know. I think we, yeah, we uh, add it'd be fun to list. have something for an atheist. Let's add it to the list. That's yeah, that, why that not? Good. Yeah, yeah, maybe like even a trophy or something for yeah, um, like even yeah. little baby trophies or or yeah. you know something like I might do this for my fantasy baseball. Like you have a plaque. I saw your plaques in your uh, your room. <laughs> you have a plaque just like list the adventures and who was in it or something. Yeah, because it's yeah. like it seems like you guys. 
I mean, I see this book, and that's nice, but you should uh, have something more commemorative for everyone. Mm. Yeah, it would be fun to do that. I mean, especially for the world record run that we had, the right. Giant Slayer one. Yeah, that was fun. Right. The world record. That was, yeah. Is that in Guinness? Uh, so we contacted Guinness. Pretty no interesting way. story. Yeah. And they, we, we, we definitely, <laughs> we, they yeah. don't really, it's interesting. They don't want to support, for whatever reason, uh, tabletop RPGs. So they were like, well, you're just going to have to do what people do, which is dig and see if there is a record and, and really search extensively for this. And we came across something similar and then create your own, document it really, really well. And, uh, wait and see if anyone emerges that has something mm-hmm. that they've done that's also documented and then you kind of figure out from there. And as it turned out, the tabletop RPG community just doesn't have enough people that are documenting records. I mean, we're all, you know, there are plenty of people recording their games and so forth, but um, as far as trying for what was this, the most amount of material played in six months is what we were uh, trying to do. Oh, yeah, it was, it was six, yeah, an entire AP, one per four weeks. Oh, Giant Slayer, Giant yeah. Giant Slayer for six months straight. I would never do it again. <laughs> but but Played each module was, as it came out. Oh, man. A, we finished, when, when we were, well, I guess Giant Slayer finished us, there were still people on module two that thought they were playing pretty fast. You know, yeah, module three, yeah. we, we were done. Yeah. <laughs> and it was you and I who had over 500 hours as a yeah. player. 500 hours as a GM. Right. Separately. I mean, that's pretty, yeah, in one year. So, so. if people want to contact you guys or join the order or find out more, what should they do? So, I think, uh, let's see, the best way to do it is probably our Facebook mm-hmm. uh, to go to just, yeah, um, or the Amber Dye Facebook. And um, you can always reach us through the Paizo blog as well. We're on there pretty often yep. um, just by searching Order the Amber Dye on Paizo. Um, on their website, and we also have threads we'll that link there. all we our projects them. as well outside mm-hmm. the Paizo blog. All right, and you guys put out um, a PDF every couple of months. You update the PDF mm-hmm. of the current adventure you're doing with some notes and information. I mean, I download them all the time and see the characters that you're playing. And mm-hmm. who writes that up? This guy. <laughs> Somehow, <laughs> I mean, actually, we it's become more of a collaborative effort. But yeah, for yeah, the I'll initial wherever I can. But he's yeah. Eric does all of the stat block work for the order. So mm-hmm. um, before anything goes up, he's going to clean it and look at it, and that's for all the players. And when we complete any module, so we'll play starting tomorrow. We'll play for four days. They've got about a ten day window there where they have to submit a write up, mm-hmm. a stat block. Yeah, I have um, to delegate all that, edit all of it, and then present it to him once they've submitted all the information the players have to do. But Aside from the player stuff, it's really all Adam. Yeah, which is also kind of why it's probably behind a little bit right now because mm-hmm. we've just been we didn't expect it to have so much material. But it's almost like okay, well, now you can play this, and now you can play that, and now you, you know, right. we're just like no guys, like we can't play everything, so we still have to write it up and talk about it and do other things, and you know, so it's that's kind of the I think the PDFs are what get pushed aside if we needed to create more hours to play, which is mm-hmm. kind of what's it's always happening. Create more hours to play. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, don't uh, worry. Soon, you know, we can all be retired. We're all going to be in the home. We'll all be <laughs> playing all the time. And then, you know, just does that, is that the goal? Is that the goal to go to? You're saying about it was like a D and D retirement home or something. That would be mm-hmm. a great place. Yeah, yep. I can't have yeah, that. You don't have to travel anymore. <laughs> yeah. You get your meals all right there. You don't have to cook anymore. This is that's great. That's actually gonna. I mean, my dad's in a place. They play golf all the time. Why can't you just oh, go, you go play D and D every or Pathfinder? 
Starfinder mm-hmm. every day, every other day. We talk about it ourselves. We're like, yeah, one day we're just going to do this all the time. Like, this is all we're going to do. They always seem really comfortable in there. Yeah. I mean, you know, plush chairs and just kind of see. I mean, yeah, there's supporting evidence. Tables. There's supporting evidence if you keep your mind active and sharp. I mean, that stays off dementia, Alzheimer's. Of course. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, there's just not enough time to play all the adventures out there. It's, it's a lot of pressure. You know? I know. There's too much. You got to try. That's it. Oh, we're going to try. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks so much. I have about a thousand other questions, but I, I have a feeling we'll be talking again, and I can follow up with those questions. Definitely. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks, Steve. Thank you, Steve. Hey, everyone. Steve here. Hopefully, you guys all enjoyed that. I've actually wanted to meet the order for a long time once I heard about their group and found out they lived in New Jersey, and it was really cool. We posted a whole bunch of pictures of their secret lair on the website, so make sure you check that out. It's part of Jason's Talking Combat from last week. He wrote a great synopsis of the order and what he thought about them. So a few things. First of all, we do have the PaizoCon contest. Don't forget, next week I'm going to be announcing the big winner of the PaizoCon contest. All you need to do is enter the contest. Just go to paizocon.rollforcombat.com. Fill out the form, and you two are entered in. If you get all the answers right, and I call your name next week, you get to go. Make sure you check out the form. Also, listen to last week's show, where I go into a lot more details on how it works. But if you just go to paizocon.rollforcombat.com, you'll be pretty set. It has everything you need to know, so check that out. So last week I didn't do a tip, but I thought I would do one this week. This week's GMPC tip is why you should always use encumbrance. So, for the last couple of episodes, they've been spending a lot of time figuring out how much they can bring with them and how much things weigh and what they should and shouldn't bring with them because they're going to the middle of nowhere. So, why did I feel that this is important? I'm going to explain to you real quick. Encumbrance has been in the game for a long time, and it's one of those things that most people just ignore or just hand wave and say, oh, no, 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 I don't care about that. Or they'll do something like get a handy haversack and just throw everything into that. The problem with that is, and I really don't like to do that, is with today's modern tools and being able to use computers and Excel spreadsheets and so forth, there really is no excuse not to use encumbrance. It's much easier to figure out what people are carrying around with them. The second thing is, especially in Starfinder, where encumbrance is now down to bulk, it's really, really easy to calculate. So again, there's no reason not to do it. But the main question comes down to why should you do it? Why should you bother with encumbrance? The reason is very simple. It comes down to choice. If you look at some of the best games out there, you have games like XCOM, you have board games like Puerto Rico, you have pretty much any Euro style board game and where you have more actions than you have decisions. And because of that, you have to make very hard decisions. That is what encumbrance is. If there was no encumbrance, you can just bring everything with you, and then there's no decisions that have to be made. But once you realize that you have to limit how much you can bring with you on an adventure, it really starts to change your priorities, and it makes hard decisions for the PCs. And I much prefer the play that way. One, because it's a lot more realistic, and two, well, it makes them go through hard decisions. They have to decide, oh, okay, instead of bringing five weapons with me, I only have enough weight to bring two weapons with me. Or I can bring five weapons with me, but I'm going to go a lot slower in combat. And again, these are decisions that the designers of the game wanted you to make in the first place. They're in there for a reason. 
Hence, I always use encumbrance because it makes the PCs better players. It also adds another tactical element to the game, where you have to figure out what you're bringing with you and you can't bring everything in the kitchen sink. So that is really why I like to use encumbrance. And if you listen to our last episode especially, you'll hear them going through great pains of figuring out exactly how much they need to bring with them, realizing that they can't bring everything, at least without some penalties. They would have to go much slower. And since they're chasing someone through the jungle, that was a significant penalty. So they went through a lot of creative ways of having Wayless carry things, of having Cheddar carry things, and so forth. Again... I really feel that this is something that adds a large tactical element to your role-playing game, and it might be a little annoying at first for your players, but if you do what I do, where I keep track of all the encumbrance, and again, it's really not that hard, especially in Starfinder, by doing that, it really makes it a lot easier for the players. And I strongly recommend that you, as a GM, try to help them out by tracking the encumbrance. You could also have one of the PCs try to do it, or better yet, if you're using something like Hero Lab, it'll do it for you. So what are the benefits of using encumbrance? Well, I kind of just went through that. It adds a nice tactical element to the game, and it also makes the PCs make hard decisions on what they can bring with them. And if they want to bring too much, well, then they really can't. And yeah, later in the game, it gets a lot easier to carry things, but these guys are up to level four and they still haven't reached that point. And I think it's going to take quite a while before they really become, I don't know, pack mules where they can carry everything on their backs. The downside of it is, well, first of all, your PCs might complain. Second of all, someone actually has to keep track of it. And third of all, if you're not playing a system like Starfinder, where it's way easier to track encumbrance, it might get kind of crazy. But then again, almost everyone I know uses an online tool like Hero Lab or something similar that will automatically track the encumbrance for you, and everyone knows how much loot they have, so again, this really shouldn't be that big a deal. So, in the end, I strongly recommend you play with encumbrance. It will make a much more interesting game for both the players and the PCs. It allows them to make really hard decisions and realize that they can only bring what they need and not everything that they ever wanted with them. And if they do want to do that, then they have to figure out how to do it within the game system. I also like that it's a lot more realistic. I always hate when people are carrying around with them 500 suits of armor and 50 weapons and then they just go into a dungeon and just switch out whatever they need. So let's go through a couple of show notes. First thing is, we have a new podcast. That's right, Starfinder Society. We're going to be releasing these every so often. I'm actually cutting up the episodes, so they should be pretty regular. The very first episode, we're doing Starfinder Society Module 1-10. I decided not to start with one of the beginner ones because everyone's done them already. And to be honest, I find them kind of basic. I just wanted to jump into the deep end with sort of a advanced module that was kind of crazy and a lot of fun. And I also know my players and I think they're really going to enjoy it. So that's the one I did. Those are going to actually come out probably on Wednesday. I just wanted to get the first one out early. But I think we're going to be coming out with those on Wednesdays. So the regular show is going to come out on Tuesdays. And then the Starfinder Society episodes will come out on Wednesdays when they come out. Don't forget, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Androids. Don't forget to check out Jason's Talking Combat column, which is out every Thursday on the website. Don't forget to join our Discord channel to play some Starfinder. You can check out images from all the shows. And you can follow us there at discord.rollforcombat.com. There's a lot of great people on there. And if you have any questions about Starfinder or roleplaying in general, definitely check it out. These guys are really great. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, 
Reddit has a brand new layout and design. We're on there as well. Don't forget, check out our Patreon. Everyone on our Patreon actually got to listen to the Starfinder episode early. And they actually get to see the images of the characters early as well, because those are still being worked on. And they'll be on the show soon. But right now, you can see them early if you join our Patreon. Make sure to check out our website, RollForCombat.com. You can see our reviews of things like Starfinder Packworld. You can read Talking Combat and lots of other cool articles that go up there. Oh yeah, and I almost forgot, we have our Amazon $100 gift card that we give out. All you need to do is review the show on iTunes or Stitcher or Facebook and send us an email saying where you reviewed it and your name and that's it. you're automatically entered. So this week's winner is Jamie Best. So Jamie Best, if you are listening, write me and you will get your free gift certificate. And finally, we are all going to PaizoCon. That's right. Every single person on the show, including Rob Tremarco, including Jason Keeley. Well, he works for Paizo, so of course he's going to be there. Plus, we're even helping out the No Direction podcast. And Param is coming with us. That's right. I mean, he's going to go with his guys, but we're helping him get there. And we're helping out the Order of the Amber Die. That's right. Adam from the Order is coming too. And I think he's bringing a couple of friends. So we're going to be there in force. There's going to be all the No Direction guys, a couple of the Amber guys there, everyone from Roll for Combat. And then plus we have the prize winner who's going to be there. It's going to be crazy. I'm going to be bringing t-shirts. We're going to be having talks. We're going to be playing games. It is going to be exhausting. I don't think I'm going to sleep for four days straight. I can't wait. So if you can get to PaizoCon, please get to it. It is awesome. I actually like it more than Gen Con, which is saying a lot because I love Gen Con. It's that much fun. Plus, you get to play the new Pathfinder version too. They're going to have tons and tons of tables playtesting. So if you can't get there, do get there. Oof. All right. A lot going on. Need to go rest. Talk to you guys next week. See ya. You've been listening to Roll for Combat, a Starfinder actual play podcast. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at rollforcombat.com or drop us a line at contact at rollforcombat.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Discord, and other social media platforms. been listening to Roll for Combat. Until next week, always remember Moe's motto, I reserve the right to complain like a baby.